0: What's going on guys, my name is Al De Niro, and welcome to another episode of the Midnight Hour. However, this is an episode that I reckon a lot of you will have already heard. It's episode 9 and it relates to the Doomsday Clock because... The Doomsday Clock is currently back in the news. Uh, recently, there was a change in it. It's moved closer to midnight. We're on our way towards devastation. Um, and it sort of raised this question once again in academia as to whether or not the Doomsday Clock is a thing that we should take seriously. Or if it's just a sort of a an arbitrary way of measuring potential global devastation. Um, I want to play this episode for a few reasons. Uh one as I just said it's it's currently relevant again. Two um I think it's quite interesting to listen to the older midnight hours and sort of see how my style has evolved since then, like how the podcast has changed. This one is from May 2014, so it's very close to 3 years old and it's also just a nice reminder of how far the show has come since it started. And also I don't ever want to like count Jack out of a return, so it's pretty good to upload an episode with him in it um, so that he is fresh in your minds. Um, also, I don't have a new episode for this week, and I will explain why in a moment, but with no new episode, I still want to keep the RSS feed active and keeping an episode into the uh, iTunes list and on SoundCloud, because there are plenty of episodes which are not on SoundCloud or iTunes, and plenty of them are, you know, acceptable, listenable, um, decent. So this, I think, is one of them. There are a few horror moments that would never happen now. Uh, there is a point where I failed to differentiate Siberia from... Uh, or, sorry... I differentiated Siberia from Russia and I operated under the assumption that they were two different countries because I always thought that they were I always thought that Siberia was north of Russia it was very cold and it was uninhabited I have since learned um, (laughs) through various ways some of which include the comments on this original video when it went up uh, that Siberia is in fact a part of Russia and I really should have known that and it is pretty embarrassing Uh, listening back and knowing that I was an idiot back then and that's why I never read old forum posts that I make it's why whenever I come across an old tweet of mine I'm more inclined to delete it than I am to retweet it Um, also So, there is no new episode this week, and a lot of you are probably wondering why, because that's usually the type of thing that I would prepare you for. Um, We have obviously been on a major run of um, consistency for a long time now, we're probably on like eight months or something like that. Um, Well, at least six months anyway, I don't know, but I have been... um going to the dentist, like, every day after work, um, I've had to have a lot of work on my teeth done, and it's currently Friday night, like, I'm, re- I'm recording this, like, a couple of minutes before you're listening to the episode, um, so this is essentially live, minus a few minutes, uh, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but, uh, my, uh, half my face I can't feel because of the anesthesia, um, but tonight I finished, like, the major, the bulk of my, uh, dental treatment, I had a root canal, and, um, they've sort of reconstructed, like, most of my front tooth, so I can actually open my mouth in public without feeling ashamed, and that's, like, not a small thing, um, uh, my inability to smile or laugh without putting my hand in front of my face has, like, genuinely held me back and caused me all sorts of social anxiety and unhappiness, so, um, you guys don't care, you're just mad that your podcast isn't up. but <laughs> I'm really happy. <laughs> this is a really, really important thing for me. So um, I hope you guys can understand and appreciate that. Um, So yeah, that's why there's no episode. We will be back to normal next week. I promise you that there will be a new episode. I'm going to try and do two episodes next week so that you can have one on Wednesday and one on Friday or maybe even one on Tuesday. I don't know. Like as I said, I do want to get the bonus content train rolling. Um, And if you want to take part in that as either a guest or a person who submits a topic choice or a quest or whatever head on over to the subreddit reddit.com slash or slash midnight hour and you'll see a thread um one is called questions for the midnight hour and one is called potential guests or potential fans on the show or something like that you'll you'll figure it out it's not a very big subreddit so with that out of the way uh, i'll leave you to the raw unedited episode 9 from may 2014 featuring myself el de niro And my original co-host with whom I started the show, Jack, of no last name. So, yeah, enjoy, and uh, leave a like and a repost, because why not? Peace. What's going on, guys? My name is El De Niro. And my name's Jack. And welcome to the end of the world.
1: and rot inside a corpse's shell.
0: So today we're going to be talking about the Doomsday Clock. Now the Doomsday Clock is listed on Wikipedia as a universally recognized symbolic clock face representing an ominous oscillating countdown to the possible technology-related global catastrophe. Essentially, it's a metaphor that represents how close we are to doom. It's currently listed at five minutes to midnight and it, plays, it pays close attention to nuclear weaponry Um, and global warming, well, so they say. In 1953, it was two minutes to midnight after the hydrogen bomb was tested, and in 1991, it was 17 minutes to midnight. Um, And then, shortly after that, Jack was born, and we were fucked once again. Uh, The Doomsday Clock was, uh, was an idea that came to light from the Science and Security Board of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, which is the worst name for anything ever. Um, and they are advised by the governing board of the Board of Sponsors which is another terrible terrible name but uh, the Doomsday Clock deals specifically with uh, technology related stuff but that's not fun to talk about for longer than like five minutes so we're going to talk about all the things that could lead to possible human extinction because we're in a really good mood today and we like talking about stuff that makes everybody feel all warm and fuzzy inside.
1: Yeah, we're in a good run of form with the uh, really uplifting and upbeat kind of topics for the podcast. So Exactly. You know, and what better time to talk about these things when uh, everyone's getting ready for bed?
0: Exactly. <laughs> we should talk about it, but like, talk about it like really dark and make it all really scary, but have like Katy Perry music in the background or something, just to really fuck with people's heads. So as the Doomsday Clock deals primarily with war, and nuclear war specifically, even though they say that they're about other things, um, if you look at the historical facts and the historical figures, how close we've been to midnight, it's largely down to how close we were to nuclear obliteration. Now there's an estimated total of 20,500 nuclear warheads in the world today. Um, I'm told that if the average power of those devices is 33,500 kilotons they're enough to destroy the total earth landmass so um, that doesn't include things like the fallout or anything like that that's just that if every single one of those were detonated the world would pretty much be fucked Um, there was one uh, nuclear warhead in particular that's especially terrifying and this is called the SAR bomber, which was a hydrogen bomb and it was the most powerful nuclear weapon ever detonated Um, it was detonated in what year was it 1961
1: it was detonated around then it was uh, 50,000 kilotons, and it destroyed a square mile radius of uh, 3,687 miles.
0: Fucking hell.
1: Um, they de- <laughs> they detonated it, if I'm remembering correctly, um, it's been a while since I read the Wikipedia article, they detonated a mile and a half above uh, some Siberian island, or some, I- some island near, you know, in the middle of nowhere in bumfuck Russia. <laughs> and uh you know there was it was the explosion was 99 miles high or something yeah that's right ridiculous. 160
0: kilometers yeah. you could see the mushroom cloud that's a ridiculous height um the crown of the cloud itself goes up 35 miles into the sky um like you could see it from 99 miles away but it goes 35 miles into the sky which is an extraordinary uh is is an extraordinary reach for any kind of bomb uh this was the the largest one ever detonated and that was in the year 1961 so you can only imagine what kind of atrocities like would be lying around from the stuff that they've built between then and now uh nuclear warfare has been sort of the focus of a lot of um fear and stuff like that and and, and political tensions uh, over the last 50 years really it's not so much talked about anymore though really in the media or anything like that but i think it's still relevant because the the fear is that if something were to happen, like, some kind of war was to break out, and, um, and I, and I don't want to say, like, I, I kind of thought about this for a long time before I started talking about it, and I don't want to say something like, well, you know, the way Russia are mental, they're probably going to start a war, because I don't really know a lot about Russia, like, and, and I think, uh, internationally, in keeping with international relations, a lot of countries tend to not be, uh, very forceful or aggressive in their movements anymore Uh, like North Korea often kind of you know kick their toys out of the pram or whatever but nobody really fears them that much because they don't really have uh, well not that we know about they don't really have nuclear capability that would in any way threaten us or anything like that or so I'm led to believe I hear conflicting reports about that all the time and I never really know where to stand on it but having seen what their drone they released like their drone pictures recently and it was the worst drone I've ever seen. Like yeah. you can buy a remote control car that's probably better than that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even even without the even if they did have a proper nuclear weapons, I mean they've got no they've got no means for a proper warfare of any sorts. So they and I think that realistically they know that. Um, we're in we're in no North Korea are no real threat. Their allegiance, well, their their thinning allegiance with China, is uh, kind of the biggest th- reason that people you know. Well, I say people. The U.S. doesn't step in and properly uh, regulate North Korea. Yeah, um, and I
0: think they're kind of collateral as well as the fact that they have so many innocent mm. people who are. Yeah. Well, we spoke about it in the last yeah. episode. Um But North Korea is a. Uh, it's a morbidly fascinating kind of situation, I guess, because there's nowhere else like it in the world. But uh, these nuclear warheads, like there's twenty thousand five hundred active nuclear warheads on the planet. You know, you're obviously going to have um a lot of potential for disaster if terrorists were to get their hands on them or anything like that um another thing is that if there was a huge global war and somebody thought it would be a good idea to uh to start like you know introducing nuclear weapons like for example in the movie independence day they were considering using nuclear weapons against the aliens um which is a bit of a stretch because we don't know <laughs> of any aliens invading us at the moment but if there were a force on the planet let's say like a few countries allying themselves to um let's say for example uh, the leader of the uh, I think it's the either the World Trade Organization or the World Health Organization and I should really be able to differentiate between those two but in the early 90s um, they predicted that like the the world is gonna come into a lot of trouble when people start fighting over water and they predicted that over the next hundred years um, or within, I think it was like, say, 100 years from now, there will be wars fought, fought over water. And in uh, in the last few years in Sudan, as far as I know, they had the first war um, because of water, because water was scarce. So if you look at our uh, like dwindling sort of resources and the fact that we aren't very resourceful, uh, we don't use our natural resources the way that we should, we use uh, fossil fuels and we keep burning through those and stuff. Um, certain things become scarce, and that could lead to a, um, a growing increase in political tensions and lead to a potential war and stuff like that. But I think at the moment, a bigger fear is probably terrorism, uh, and even mm-hmm. then, that's probably pretty minimal, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I mean, with a uh, you know, talking about kind of a nuclear war, it's highly unlikely just mostly because no one's stupid enough to do it in terms of countries. Uh, you know, Russia, for all their eccentricities. Um, you yeah, know,
0: or, or let's say the way that they're um, portrayed by the media, I guess. Because, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know a lot about Russia, in all honesty.
1: Yeah. Some of, some of their uh, past dealings with other nations and some of their internal affairs have been what could probably best be described as sketchy. Um, yeah. yeah. Questionable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Questionable. Morally questionable. Yeah. Um. Not as morally questionable as some others, obviously. Yeah. Having mentioned North Korea, but. Exactly yeah no one no um, no country no diplomatic body is willing or stupid enough to go into full-on nuclear war Um, war will be fought you know man-to-man as it as it were um, for as long as you know until until robots are invented to do our fighting for us which at that point it kind of just seems pointless
0: well, kind of drone versus drone, which yeah. is what we're going to have, I'd say in the yeah, next exactly. like in the next ten years. And then it just so. and then it
1: just becomes a point, uh, the point of uh, who can keep up with China creating as many drones as possible. Yeah, but, and hopefully,
0: uh, <laughs> eventually, it gets to a stage where it's like, you know, I don't like you. I don't like you either. Yeah, want a game of Call of Duty? <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll start this shit out. Call of Duty in the next ten years will be played in reality. You, you by, will be by politicians. Yeah, you will be your own soldier. You will actually be controlling a drone somewhere in the world that's yep. fighting someone.
0: You specifically, yeah, you specifically, you—the you right.
1: one listener that we have—the um, <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> only guy who has two thousand different accounts. It's <laughs> just, just me a...
1: upvoting everything. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. the, the, the the idea of a nuclear holocaust, or you know, the thought of a terrorist organization somehow managing to get control of all 2500 uh, nuclear weapons is unlikely but uh, I think I think I read that the nuclear fallout from the, uh, sing, the single Tsar bomber last would like you know if detonated in the US um, would have a you know a, an effect radius of it was it was larger than you know the uh, the 3000 that I mentioned earlier it yeah. was it was massive it, you know it would essentially cover the the US and the nuclear fallout and you know things like the obliteration of crop and uh people and the shockwave in itself would cause massive amounts of you know destruction we saw with the meteorite that landed in russia you know that wasn't a massive explosion yeah and that uh that killed a fair few people and the shockwave was felt a fair distance away
0: yeah exactly um, some something like that would just be colossal. I I think that's actually kind of a a bigger fear than the explosion itself is the fallout afterwards. Um, I I I know you I you haven't seen the series Jericho, have you? I think I asked you that before. Um, but in Jericho, it, it's a TV show from 2006. It's on Netflix. If you have free time, you should watch it. If if you're you know if you're picky about what you watch, you probably won't enjoy it. But uh, it started off with some nuclear bombs being dropped on America. And uh, th- there's this town called Jericho, which is in a state that I should know what it is, but I can't remember right now. I think it's uh, Colorado because they mentioned bombs in Denver. Um, but anyways, there's like a part where everyone is in the town center after. It, and, you know, th- there. I mean, there was a nuclear explosion a-, a fair bit away from their town, but they can feel the fallout and the crop is fucked and everything like that. Uh, and they go outside and there's sort of nuclear waste all over everything and if they touch it they'll get you know i think it's radiation poisoning that you get or um and so it like you're pretty much fucked in that instance but as soon as it it was american tv they just kind of hosed it down and you know waited a couple of weeks and then they could plant their crops again because you know hashtag reality and stuff but um yeah the, the fallout is i mean if you look at uh chernobyl like that's not going to be habitable for, uh, like until your children's 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 i don't know like thousands and thousands of years isn't it before that is even uh, possible for humans to move into again so it's it's going to be bad news for all of us when that no (laughs) it's going to be bad news for us if if it ever comes to that um moving on from nuclear war which is a statement i never thought i'd ever hear myself say Uh, there's another threat to our existence in the form of super volcanoes which is quite an interesting one i think Mm. Um, there are seven super volcanoes in the world, uh, three of which are in the USA. It would be tree, obviously. Cause mm. it's, uh, uh, <laughs> essentially, this is a normal volcano, except it's millions and millions of times bigger <laughs> than a normal volcano. The most popular one or the most well known one is probably the, the Yellowstone one. Mm. Um, and these stay dormant for many, many years. Uh, Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> Um but the danger is there I guess. I don't know a whole lot about seismic activity or any of that kind of stuff like plate tectonics or anything. That was never really my subject in school. But um it is listed as a as a possible threat to our existence. Um I've heard that if if a uh, if a super volcano was to erupt all of the ash and stuff that spews out of it would be enough to block the sun. So like that's automatically kind of fucked you anyway like no matter what. Species, you are really,
1: yeah. The idea of sending us in the, the idea that one of these could send us into a uh the next ice age essentially is quite terrifying. I mean, with the um the Icelandic volcano that happened a couple of years ago, yes, yeah. last year, uh,
0: no, 2008, I think, or was, nine. It, was it that long ago? Yeah, shit. because I was actually in college in Scotland, well, and I was back in Ireland and I couldn't go back to Scotland. Like, I oh, went to the well. airport and no one was there, and I was like, fuck, oh like, shit. I'm, have Russia invaded us already? <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It mean, was around you know that was that, that was that
1: was a tini- that was a tiny uh you know that was just a tiny sample, obviously you know uh, not even a hundredth of the size of a super volcano, but you know the the you know the the ash cloud from that essentially stopped you know a lot of things from happening and you know um, half of Iceland wasn't pl- wasn't it plunged into darkness for four to five days? Isn't Iceland always there? Not always. I no, it's they always a, light, They isn't have the six-month uh, rotation, where it's six months of light, six months of darkness, I think.
0: Wouldn't it be funny if you just moved there and you didn't know that, and you were like, that <laughs> volcano has made it dark for, for <laughs> fucking forever. When is this going to fuck off? Um,
1: but... Yeah, like, super volcanoes. Aren't there three that are under... There's three underneath Yellowstone isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. all three of them I remember reading something that the three of them are in danger of connecting or they are they are connected. Oh really? Yeah. Um, cuz Yellowstone you know it's it's a fairly large uh place obviously. Um yeah. you know the national park I don't know about the uh, actual size of it. But I remember, I remember re- I remember reading that um all three were in you know there was a possibility that they could connect and form a super super super, a, super yeah volcano. Uh, it was like a mega volcano i don't know how these mega super you know du- super duper <laughs> kind of sizings work in the scientific community but <laughs> I'd,
0: I'd imagine it goes super mega super and then duper ultra.
1: and then ultra oh yeah super yeah. duper yeah <laughs> everyone always forgets super duper <laughs> um, but yeah and the um just just as not just to give you an idea the uh the the ejection volume of one of the uh, I never thought I'd say that um, <laughs> the ejection volume of one of the um, <laughs> of one of the uh, vulca- super volcanoes that's in uh, Yellowstone is a, oh no sorry it's in uh, Colorado yeah that's where Yellowstone yeah. Is, yeah yeah it's a, I'm, not, I'm not sure it's the one in Yellowstone it might be a slightly different one um, but it's it's the same size and uh, maybe slightly larger as the uh, Tsar bomber Jesus. And that's just sat under the earth, waiting for a tectonic plate to move far enough for it to be released,
0: which will happen.
1: Yeah, at some point.
0: Yeah. let <laughs> <laughs> end that section on a positive note. Give it up for super volcanoes, everybody. Woo! Um, but they, they I, I, I know there's a very old theory. I don't know if it's been debunked or if it's even been proved true or not. But um, supposedly there was a super volcano at the time of the dinosaurs, which led to the blocking out of the sun. Uh, and maybe that ended them maybe it started the ice age i mean we don't really do a whole lot of fact checking around here so i'm just going to say it caused nine eleven. i should not have said that but um moving on another thing that could potentially wipe us out is uh meteors just like you see in the movies deep impact and uh, armageddon if good
1: were... old armageddon
0: I wish I could. I wish I, I, wish I could think that something that happened five years ago was a year ago, like you just did. I know. It's like that movie Armageddon, which came out like last year. Um, but yeah. Uh, the the meteor in the movie Deep Impact. I remember the president in that movie said um, that the the meteorite weighed 500 million tons, and I remember seeing the devastation that that one had caused in that movie, and I remember thinking to myself is that realistic is that a realistic portrayal of what a meteor that size would do and it turns out that it isn't but for the wrong reasons if there was a meteor that size that hit us it would be a much 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 greater uh impact and a much deeper impact as it were um but that is a that's that's a terrifying possibility um there was one that happened in the year 1908 which was now i always thought that this was in siberia Um, And it says that it happened in Siberia, but at the same time, it also says that it happened in Russia. So what I'd imagine is its area that either used to be either country, and it now belongs to the other one. Um, But this is the Tunguska event, which I hope I've pronounced right. And this was an explosion that was caused by the impact of an asteroid. By the way, do you happen to know the, the difference between a comet and a meteor and an asteroid?
1: I'm sure I did at one point in my life, but not right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, Asteroid is a really good video game. Mm. Meteor is a mobile network, and Comet is a. TV, uh, something? It's
1: a technology chain. Technology chain. It's um. It sells computers and TVs and shit in the UK, or it used to.
0: Yeah, I've never heard. I've never actually owned anything belonging to Comet. Yeah, but, uh, they
1: just they just sell Sony and stuff. Oh, wow. Anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. The the Tunguska event. Uh. Like the energy from the explosion that was caused by the asteroid was a thousand times greater than hiroshima so that happened in the year 1908 which was over 100 years ago but like that's a fucking gigantic uh colossal explosion to have been caused from a meteor and the meteor was um uh it, it says here it's 200 feet by 620 feet I don't know what that means uh, really like what does that mean that it was 200 feet high and six, oh, it doesn't matter does it if it's a big no. rock it's a big um, rock
1: hurtling through the thing that's about 60 meters long 200 feet
0: yeah that's right yeah yeah and 190 meters wide yeah
1: so two football pitches yeah long and one wide um, basically
0: I I I don't know what the weight of it was it's, I don't, I, uh,
1: so, so, well, you know, it's it's impossible to really weigh these things. Uh, you know, sci- science, Scientists yeah. can do as much fancy math as they like, but it's all uh, witchcraft, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and the Earth is only 2014 years old, or whatever it is. But um, the next asteroid that's scheduled to pass by Earth is in the year 2032, and I remember reading that it has i mean it has less of a chance than hitting this earth than all of us do winning the lottery simultaneously uh but there is a chance and that's the main thing uh um i, I think i read about the next one that's gonna hit us or that might hit us um it, it could cause some serious damage but i don't really um i like i mean I don't want to talk about it as if it's gonna, because it's not gonna, so... And if it does, you know, you come up to me in heaven and I'll buy you a beer. But, uh, this would be especially kinda... What's the word? This would be devastating because of the fact that it would completely change the face of the earth. Not in the, uh, not in the crop way that the nuclear one would. Like, it wouldn't change the weather. Well, no, it would, wouldn't it? If it changed the tides and...
1: if it Well, it depends if where it's impacting. I mean, if it, you know, it's impacting the ocean massive tsunamis everywhere you know depending on where it's going that's a lot of a uh, that's a lot of places that it could uh, wipe out you know we've got massive possibilities for wherever it could you know i mean uh, theoretically i'm not sure if this is this ge- um geographic you know my geography and my knowledge of tectonic plates and stuff is sound enough for me to claim this but i'm going to claim it anyway um that if it hits in the right spot you know it could shift a, Plates, tectonic plates, slightly, and you know, destroy everything everywhere. I don't know. So, something... That's a possibility.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it could, it could hit the Earth so much that it actually goes through the Earth and mm. moves us into another solar system. Yeah. And, and that's 100% true. But don't
1: forget that the way to counteract that is to get everybody in China to jump at the same yes. time, just as it impacts, and the two things will just squish the Earth and it will plump back out again. And
0: that's, that's actually NASA's official uh, you know, stance um, on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That one, yeah that's the fail safe that's the official plan is to um, Morse code to China and then China has this alarm that they sound mm. that makes everybody jump at the same time it, it's fascinating stuff yeah. but um, I don't know are we done talking about meteors can we talk about Armageddon that yeah. movie yeah sure Ben Affleck eh? what a guy Ben
1: Affleck what a guy
0: yeah he's going to be Batman imagine that
1: oh god I hope he has nipples on his suit <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that would make the internet implode but uh, yeah. Armageddon is... Would you say that's Michael Bay doing the right thing once again like it was with The Rock or do you think Armageddon was a little bit too much? I, I thought it was a good I, movie because Yeah, I,
1: I really enjoyed it to be honest. I, I, you know, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, by the way,
0: right, there's this massive threat to our existence. Let's find the, the most... Uneducated, like brain dead, uh, gang of fucking oil drillers on the yeah. planet, and send them to fucking solve the problem. Like, and Steve Buscemi tried to kill everybody, and uh, it was, a, it, was a, it was a great movie.
1: Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, that's that's the kind of the classic problem that's raised with um with that whole thing, with the whole uh, the whole plot of the one problem that everybody seems to have is it. Why did they use the drillers instead of astronauts and just teach astronauts to drill? Why did they just do it that way? Instead of just uh, there, no, just no. That's not the biggest problem with that film. <laughs> there is why did so they much, just like instead so of using Michael wrong. Bay? Why didn't they use an actual director? Yeah, and then why didn't they use an actual decent scriptwriter as well? Yeah. Why didn't they just create a massive rocket to push the Earth out of the way? <laughs> like... Why didn't they get Russia to play tug of
0: war with China and then... yeah, split the Earth in half? It goes straight through the middle. Earth goes back together. Done. Done.
1: How many, uh, how many geography students do you think we've lost so far? To be honest, lots. Yeah. Um, anybody that's doing GCSE geography probably clicked off when I started talking about the uh, the the a- possibility of an asteroid dislodging a te- tectonic plate,
0: or or else, uh, or else the fucking the GCSE results for geography are going to see some very strange <laughs> answers this year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will move on to um, solar flares. Is what I've got next. Oh, uh, nice. I don't. I honestly don't know a whole lot about these. Right? Solar time. flares are essentially a large energy release, and a big enough energy release from the sun could disintegrate the ozone layer entirely, which is obviously going to spell bad news for us because that's what protects us. Um, and that would change the entire. Isn't it interesting how they all change different aspects of the planet? Like, mm. you know, we could be fucked in so many different ways.
1: It's yeah, ridiculous. I mean, that's that's like you know the, the delicate balance that. Uh, we humans are doing, trying so desperately to uh, cling on to can be fucked in so many different ways. Yeah. And the fact that it hasn't yet is quite miraculous. Well, it's not really miraculous when you consider the fucking emptiness of space, but...
0: And the amount of time that yeah. you know what I mean that we've been around and that everything else has been around like all of all of this stuff kind of has happened. Yeah, it's just that we are pretty much a speck in you know. And that's we're not.
1: We're not even a speck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are. We are to the time of the universe and the time of Earth to what you know uh, atoms are to us in terms of size. Yeah, not even There's, that
0: there's um there's a quote from one of my favorite books which is uh, the book is called john dies at the end um but there's a quote in it where the the author david wong uh, he kind of writes it from the first person perspective but he says dark matter makes up 99.99 percent of the universe and they don't know what it is well i know what it is it's apathy that's the truth of it um, pile together everything we know about and care about in the universe and it'll still be nothing more than a tiny speck in the middle of a vast black ocean of who gives a fuck and that quote sort of puts into context how little this timeline of events really matters in the grand mm. old scheme of the universe and stuff and that's why i guess the um the fact that we're naming all of these things that could wipe us out doesn't really have any it, it doesn't terrify me in any way. Really. No. Um, if it was going to
1: happen, it probably would happen soon. Exactly. Or, yeah. Well, soon in terms of the universe. So you know, I'll be dead anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll all be dead. Yeah. We're all gonna die. Woo. <laughs> um, uh, solar flares. Um, I my, the first time I ever heard of solar flares was probably in science or geography, but I wasn't listening mm. at the time. The first time I ever actually understood what it was. Was Have you ever seen the movie Knowing with Nicolas Cage?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Oh, don't.
1: Oh, why? Nicolas Cage is a fantastic actor.
0: Oh, he is. He is. And he just missed out on the Oscar for this movie. <laughs> but um, oh, I swear to God, it's the worst movie in the world. But you have to watch it to fully understand it, because if I tell you why it's bad, I'll be ruining it, if you know what I mean.
1: Oh, God damn it.
0: Yeah, but I, I did read that, Um, I think... I don't know if this is fact or if I fucking read it in a book, but I think there was a solar flare in England maybe in the early 1900s that knocked out all telecommunications.
1: I mean, solar flares they release a lot of uh, X-ray and UV radiation, uh, and they can. This is the Wikipedia page. I'm not. I don't actually know this.
0: I'm still going to edit <laughs> you saying that out so that it'll, it'll sound exactly like you know what you're talking about. Damn it.
1: X-rays and UV radiation uh, that are emitted from solar flares can affect the atmosphere and disrupt uh, long-range radio communications. Yeah. So uh, direct radio, radar, and stuff like that operating uh, at the right frequency.
0: It's sort of like a, an EMP effect.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's a it's a natural phenomenon. Really. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, it's not um it's not electromagnetic. It's, no. Uh, you know I'm saying all these words and yeah throwing really, out
1: big words and none of it really means much to me
0: no I, I just wanna get to the fun stuff on this and so we're just slowly yeah. moving our way through Um so that's solar flares Uh yeah. <laughs> also now one thing that I actually did read about solar flares and this is honest truth is that um, nobody actually knows if it would be possible for a solar flare to really threaten our existence like as far as I'm aware the only ones we've ever had have really been You know very very fixable levels of damage like they've never done anything um well that we know of they've never done anything that's really fucked shit up for anybody um i don't think that this would actually factor in um to human extinction unless it were to be combined with something else you know um Hmm. that's that's all i really have to say about solar flares yeah it's just it's a great name isn't it solar flare yeah
1: That'd be that'd be a great indie band, really. Yeah, it would. The solar flares.
0: Yeah, the solar flares. Yeah, with their latest single, UV.
1: Oh God. That would happen. That would happen. Yeah, yeah, it would. It probably would.
0: But they'd be so fucking pretentious that they'd put Y O U V E E as the name. (sighs) That just happened. There was that we invented something and got angry at it.
1: Yeah, that genuinely just made me slightly angry just thinking (laughs) about it.
0: The fucking solar flares. That's exactly what they do with their fucking stupid, you know, Spanish guitars. They're not even Spanish. Do you know that? Fucking
1: dickheads. Uh, that's appropriation of another culture. That's just racist.
0: I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, Spain. Um, love you, really. Uh, the next thing that this is the one that I think is actually the serious threat. Um, mm. and this is global warming. I I don't really. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of documentaries about global warming. I've heard a lot of statistics. I've heard a lot of ways that we're destroying the planet. Uh, there's one documentary I remember watching on the National Geographic, um, which I think it was called Twenty Seventy Five or something like that. It was it was it took place in the future, and it was through the eyes of a character. Her name was jesus i need to research shit you know that this is awful um but it, it takes place through the eyes of this girl and it shows her growing up in the world that she grows up in and it shows the resources that um we mentioned earlier like the uh the thinning of resources and the the, the sort of the um the halt in distribution uh the extin the exemption or the extinction of fossil fuels essentially and It just painted the earth as this pretty bad place because humans pretty much um took it for everything that it had and you know because of that they reaped what they sowed essentially um as the saying goes i i guess the most um the parallel everyone draws with the way that we treat the planet now and what's going to happen to us is the easter island thing
1: i think an interesting uh Interesting documentary to watch if you can uh spare to sit through the very uh forced you know a lot doc- a lot of documentaries will kind of subtly try to uh get you on condition. their side as it were yeah they will subtly try and condition you whereas uh, chasing ice which i think is actually on Netflix is very um obviously pushing it in your face about uh global warming and how the uh, it's about this about how the glaciers are um disappearing essentially. And the proof is there right in front of you on in the documentary. But um it you know, if you can sit through the repetition of them shoving that kind of information in your face and get through to the actual you know, uh the less content. Yeah, the actual content rather than the political statement that it's trying to make. It's uh quite a good documentary to watch about uh global warming.
0: Yeah, it's on my watch list mm. on Netflix. I've been meaning to watch it because yeah. I've watched so many stuff about that, and I so many stuff, so many things about that, and I do find it really interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, it it kind of brings on that little, you know, guilt. Yeah, it's
1: definitely a guilt trip. You sit there, you sit there, you're watching uh this thing where people are saying we're using fossil fuels, and you're sat there in a brightly lit room with your TV on, on your Xbox, and you've you've got your com- and you're on your computer and and you're sitting there going look all the fossil fuels I'm using <laughs> shit i am part of the problem and you know it's an it's an everyday thing i mean <clears throat> you can't you can't really feel guilty uh, you know <clears throat> if if you know given the choice of if someone said to me do you want to use solar power or um you know fossil fuels i'm going to take solar power but it's not an option you know realistically i i there is nothing i can feel guilty about it's not like i'm dismissing the chance to use whatever renewable energy is at hand it's just not a viable option at the moment
0: and that's pretty much because no that's pretty much the fault of capitalism right it's because Mm. nobody has found a way to harness it in a way that makes it monetarily beneficial yeah and that's pretty much what it comes down to (laughs) um we only really care about uh,
1: monetary gain yeah i mean you know as as much as uh, as much good as science can do for the world there's you know these people do still need funding to commit conduct their research and you're not going to have people like uh b you know b p shell um all of these kind of oil big oil conglomerates um you know you're not going to have them funding their downfall and uh, you know the but these are the kind of people that we need to that need to step in and step up and become the new suppliers of renewable energy. Yeah. Um but you know they' they're not they're not gonna do that and well not yet anyway.
0: There's a there's a thing called the Venus Project, um, which was made by a guy called Jacques Fresco. Now he's I think he's ninety four. He might be older than that. I remember uh last time I read about him he was ninety four years old and he's still like he, I mean he he looks like nothing more than say a 65 to a 70 year old man he's very articulate and um, the way that he talks is very very powerful and he does what nobody else in that area seems to be doing right now is that he's pointing out the problem and offering a solution uh, and the Venus Project is an organization um, that it sort of envisions um, a sustainable society powered by um being resource based and it, it it looks to build um like an economic system and say an education system and all of these things that we lack based around helping the society itself, helping the earth, helping all of these things, and not really including money and stuff like that um, and and that 's pretty much the reason no one will get behind it is because people hear anything like that, anything based on socialism or anything like that, and they think, oh, communists, and then they just, like, you know, they're not having any of it, and, I mean, I don't advocate communism in any way, but I do think that we could move towards some sort of socialist society, um, and not kill the planet as much, you know, and I think that should be the ultimate goal, is, like, it's, you know, we are fucking up the planet, and that's a fact, and that's something that's happening. And
1: Yeah, the, uh, the Venus Project is actually uh, outlined in one of the films on Netflix called uh, Zeitgeist um, Addendum. Addendum, yeah. So if, uh, you know, you want to actually find out a bit more about that, because, I mean, the Wikipedia page is uh, brief, to say the least.
0: Yeah, they've got their own website, which you should check out. Um, if you do watch Zeitgeist Addendum, um, I'll say... Uh, Peter Joseph made the zeitgeist movement and I really like him I think he's got the best intentions for the planet um, and for society in general he's very 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 well spoken and um, he's very captivating in what he says but the first zeitgeist movie is pretty much bullshit uh, th- there is a lot of truth in there but there's also a lot of misconstrued um, essentially lies that are unsourced and used to further his agenda and i think that I, I think it's because he didn't know what he was getting himself into he didn't know how big it could get and um, but zeitgeist addendum does make up for that it does point out things it does source its information a lot better and um, but the main reason that i would advocate watching the zeitgeist addendum movie is for the like you said the venus project uh, aspect of it um I actually know as well from listening to peter joseph talking elsewhere that he and jack fresco don't actually speak anymore so i guess they had some falling out about something or other but um the zeitgeist addendum movie does have a lot of i'd actually just recommend watching it and getting the, the venus project stuff in there because it's it's fucking awesome and it's like you look at it and you just think why aren't we doing this you know um it seems to make the most amount of sense
1: it makes it makes the most amount of sense when you uh, take into consideration that people should be caring about this kind of thing, but the people that uh, can make it happen don't quite simply.
0: Yeah, exactly. It I find it like really, uh, it's it's kind of a little bit disturbing, isn't it? How mm. you know we only really think about the next say I don't know twenty to thirty. I mean I don't even think about tomorrow. Like I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't think about the future at all. But at the same time. I don't really think that I damaged the planet. Well, having said that, I've put the toaster up and down ten times with no toast, and it just gives <laughs> up the electricity, so... <laughs> um, nah, I don't know. Um, it's something that we need to stop, but it's something that just doesn't seem like it's going to be slowing down at all, and that is, like, we're talking about, you know, countries' carbon mm-hmm. footprints and stuff like that. Yep. We're, we're fucking the planet. And yeah,
1: I feel it's immensely ironic that we're talking, really, about this, that... Uh you know, on the, in this kind of platform, as it were. It's kind of uh, the irony of it, seeing as we're the kind of generation that uses the most fossil fuels and is so used to, you know, consumption of fossil fuels, and it's easy for us to sit here and say, you know, things need to change, but, you know, what the fuck are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? Sit here and boycott electricity? Because that's, you know... Um, <laughs> like, sure, cycle to... cycle places, walk to places instead of driving. You know, great, but unless... You know, millions of people get onto it and no one's going to give a shit.
0: It's the, um, you know what it actually is, it's the prisoner's dilemma and everybody does it. It's like you're not going to do something unless someone else does it like Mm. because you've got no incentive to do it and that's why when they have these fucking G8 summits all the time and they set out boundaries and rules for what countries are allowed to do what kind of uh, carbon emissions they're allowed to exceed Mm. and what they aren't and no country fucking does it because the best case scenario for the country that breaks the boundaries is that no other country breaks the boundaries and they get ahead and they get a stronger foothold on making more money and that's what mm. it is and that's why no one does it is because it is a money game like all of that stuff
1: yeah i mean the, you, know, you, you know like you said the g8 summit's the, you know they the countries go there and go so did you uh did you did you lower your carbon footprint yeah a little bit did you hit the uh target no neither did we yeah oh, us how all was right. your flight in here on your private yeah. jet oh it was awesome yeah why don't we do this over video chat oh no let's fly everybody in fuck it yeah. you know on their private jets you know we need it it needs to be done you know um it was funny because I, I was i was actually doing some research for an essay that i wrote for university and the guy the guy that um he was an inuit filmmaker that i was researching called Zacharias Canuck and he was um doing a lot of work um based around climate change and how it's affecting inuit culture and he was slated heavily uh, by a lot of people because he was making this uh he's making this uh, film about it's documentary film about um, you know climate change and how it's affecting Inuits and stuff like that. And he flew to all of the, uh, or to where, to the premiere in Denmark from uh, Northern Canada. And right. everyone was like, "Why are you here?" And he was like, uh. "And you know, people slated him for flying and flying and getting these interviews with people. And instead of doing it on things like Skype, instead of utilising technology, yeah, that's kind of really like brutal."
0: Having but said that. Um, Planes do not harm the atmosphere as much as uh, ships do, Um, Hmm. and that's not just because they don't go near the sea, Uh, uh, boats actually harm the ozone layer more than planes do. Hmm. Uh, which is an actual fact, and people don't think about that because when you look at a plane taking off, you can see the fuselage and you can see everything mm. going up into the sky and everything, and it looks bad. When you see a boat, you just see, uh, you know, a, like a nice, floats. You know. Yeah, a nice vessel sailing yeah. through the most terrifying place on the planet, which is mm. known as the ocean. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, boats and ships. What's the difference between a boat and a ship in their mud? They actually harm the uh, the atmosphere more than planes do. So.
1: I know the difference between a boat and a ship.
0: The spelling.
1: No. You can hang boats off a ship, but you can't hang a ship off a boat.
0: Oh, that's brilliant.
1: There you go. That that's is like... that, that is the difference between boats and ships.
0: That's that's quality. I want to write that. I'm going to get a picture of Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> 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 if you can't ha- if you
1: can't handle me as a boat, you can't have me as a ship. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, I Marion, wonder if other people would stand by. Marilyn Monboat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I think I think we've complained about global warming for long enough now.
0: Yeah, we didn't even... Fu- you know what I love about yeah. it is that we didn't even explain why what it even is. <laughs> which parts of it are the worst? You uh, know, which long, countries long are the
1: worst? Long story short, um, global warming is going to melt the ice caps and we're all going to drown. Yeah. Uh, that's about it, really. Yeah, that's
0: pretty much it. Yeah. Um, um Cool yeah global
1: warming I- if you
0: want to like contribute to a cause that will actually help global warming Glo- the main cause of global warming at the moment is having ignorant opinions and being wrong about stuff so um you know I- if you just research things like find out which movies are the good movies and don't say that bad movies are good and stuff like that mm. um you know all of that stuff helps um yeah. and, th- and and listen to more justin timberlake that will also yeah. help because he's yeah. a great guy yeah um so shall we move on Yeah. Will we move on to the big one? Yeah. Yeah, The one that we can only really speculate on. Mm. And the one that I've... This topic, I've probably talked about this on my channel more than I've talked about anything ever. Probably, yeah. Um, So this is the technological singularity. Um, A lot of people have actually asked me to put this in the midnight hour by itself and dedicate the entire topic to this. And I still might do that, but I feel like a lot of people are still just rolling their eyes right now and saying... Mm all right come on tell us Here about that again. album that you love <laughs> yeah um but it is a real thing and it is a possible threat to us mm. isn't it um it's essentially the idea that eventually uh, there will come a point in time when humans and artificial intelligence will be indistinguishable from each other mm-hmm. um it's ray kurzweil has predicted that by the year 2029 machines will have We'll, machines will be able to talk to us and convince us of certain things. Um, I think he's actually changed his prediction to the year 2045 now. But um, a lot of other uh, futurists, which is the actual name of the you know, occupation here is futurists. Mm. Um, they say that the year 2030, that seems to be the kind of point where a lot of people can say, yeah, I could see that, yeah. Uh, mm. 2030 is when we will have the first, well we have AI, but this will be the first, uh, Like I guess super AI? Is that yeah. what you would call it? Is, uh, that, is there actually a word for it?
1: Yeah, um, hmm, not super AI, I was going to say intelligent AI, but that's kind of a...
0: Intelligent artificial intelligence. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. That's what I was, Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it's hard to really explain how this would happen. But at the same time, it's really easy to see how or why, like, you know, we are definitely heading Mm. that way. Like, I I never leave my house without my phone. I'm always wired into something and... i I don't know it's it's a real thing like when we start developing artificial intelligence and beings that can think for themselves Mm. it's inevitable that you know they will be brought to life they'll do jobs for us that's going to be the main thing automation Mm -hmm. um but we're going to be sharing the planet with a whole new species Mm. and we're not going to fully understand them like because the people who created them like obviously they're the creators, they're the programmers they 'll know certain mm-hmm. things, but if you teach a machine to think you, you the possibilities are essentially boundless
1: yeah i mean we don't we don't fully understand the human brain as it is yeah. and if we if we're creating something that's essentially the most intelligent human, and it can you know and it's automated and it's a robot and it's a robot that is as smart as the You know, smartest human being, and they don't experience a fall off in their intelligent, you know, their intellectual ability and their capacity for intellectual growth. Um, That'll be something that's unprecedented uh, in terms of humanity, especially.
0: You said the word unprecedented. Get out of here. Uh. Woo! That's what happens every time I say that word. Like, oh well. The same way inexplicably. Like, it's too articulate. Stop it. But um. Yeah, it, it's going to be something that's really fucked up because if you think about computers and say like you've got something like Excel or you know any kind of program with computers they're mm. efficient and they do what they're mm-hmm. supposed to do and um, they serve their purpose far better than we serve ours because if you think about it human beings are the most irrational like everything that we do is irrational it makes no mm-hmm. sense that we're materialistically driven and stuff like that when, like, if you think about the greater good and, and all of that type of thing it doesn't make sense that I care more about getting a really nice hoodie than I do about the state of the fucking world that I live in mm. and stuff like that and I'm not trying to be holier than thou here I am guilty of it too um, machines on the other hand I can't see machines being materially like. I, I can't see machines caring about anything like that
1: yeah I mean uh, take uh, it's a really simplistic uh, example but take her uh, the film I Robot. Um, you know uh, the kind of systematic uh, removal of hum- humanity. You know is is the basis of that film with uh, the the no-upgraded robots. You know they kind of see hu- they see humans as uh, a hindrance to themselves. Yeah. You know they see humanity as a hindrance to humanity, and
0: uh, which is impossible to argue.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, because we're our own greatest enemies.
0: Yeah, we fucking are.
1: But you know, they—they they does it does essentially that film essentially starts the systematic removal of all, you know, humanity from any position of nuisance, as it were.
0: You know, it's a better movie than that that you should have gone with, Terminator. Terminator. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that I probably should have just go with the film AI, but you know,
0: AI is a really good movie. Yeah, I that movie is for some reason it has been criminally underrated by a generation, hasn't it? Like no one ever fucking talks about that movie or anything. Yeah, it's it's an awesome movie.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's you know, I mean, it. Uh, like I I can't put into words how you know the the whole AI thing. And, you know, the, this whole art of intelligence, robots you know, becoming a singularity is, you know, it's definitely a possibility it's so obviously a possibility we we see massive leaps and bounds in technology that allows robots and, you know, uh, computers supercomputers and that to think, you know, like a human brain it was just a, just in a couple of days ago that I read an article and they've created a supercomputer that uh, can process um... A certain amount of human brain function. Obviously, it's about uh, 16 times slower yeah. than you know the human brain, but it can process a similar amount of things at one time.
0: So it's like the speed of Wayne Rooney's brain. Yeah, basically.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, the computer doesn't have to move legs and you know look stupid at things, you know
0: yeah exactly yeah it, it pretty much just has to be cal- yeah and calculate and calculate yeah. yeah which is all just going to be ingrained in it so mm. easily that it'll do it effortlessly mm. um but this idea has been around in fiction for a long time and mm. it's never really in fiction it's always introduced as a bad thing yeah um which is the same way that we have introduced it here it will have very good aspects of it um what I want to know, right, going back to the the Venus Project and global warming and, and the way that automation has changed everything in the way that we work, right, when when we reach technological singularity, like, no one's going to fucking work ever again. Like, you know, robots are going to do absolutely everything. Like, where are the humans going to work? Like, there's going to be all of these people who are unemployed and taking money from the state and all of this stuff. And how is that going to... Like, that surely will have an impact on... Like global warming itself and stuff. Because
1: yeah. Like um. Yeah, I, I haven't really thought about that, but now you mention it, you know, how does how does the economy, how does the world, how does social structure, you know, work with nobody having a job, nobody, you know, everybody essentially in any position of importance being replaced by robots. Yeah. You know, like, uh, surely always always all that humans would boil down to existing is to you know exist there's no you know there's no living to work anymore there's no living to do anything because you don't have to
0: it's always puzzled me that you know you kind of only really exist so that someone can make money off of you like most people do like that's kind of everybody is a consumer like that fight, that fight club you know ideology you are pretty much a consumer everything that you do is um carefully um looked upon or like your your movements online everything that you do is is under surveillance from companies who are just trying to sell things to you these are the same companies that are going to be employing or applying robots and machinery and automation to their companies until they no longer have to pay any employees where are the fucking consumers going to come from that's the thing that like baffles me is that everything is driven towards this rampant consumerism everybody has to be a consumer like you have to buy things you know it's fucking adverts all the time everywhere you go so like when everybody is replaced by a machine and there are no jobs what, like what then for consumerism and capitalism
1: yeah i mean d- does it go to some sort of uh economic uh you know social system of you know um i don't even know how it like how it would work my brain can't no. think of how it would work you know the poor, the purest form of not not even communism like um you know just you know communism is the absence of classes money and the state yeah you know as well as you know social and political powers as it were yeah uh, and but even then, that that that's based on the idea that, you know, it, you know, in, in the simplest way to put it, it's based on the idea that people have things to sell and each things, you know, of an equal worth, as it were.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, I but then, if no this... one's got if
1: no one's got anything, then no one's got anything of equal worth to one another.
0: Yeah. Like that's. I right. mean, like to, you know, we're we're talking about hundreds of years into the future. Yeah. But we are talking about an inevitability. There will come mm. a point where this is discussed and this is a problem and this is that we just don't know what we're doing. And I don't know. Um, it, I honestly think without... Like, I mean, I am biased because this is the mm. only proper solution I've ever seen that's appealed to me. But the Venus Project does put forward a very interesting and, I believe, um, applicable solution to where our society is headed right now. Um, it It does things in a way that everything is going to be... Um, it's going to be beautiful to look at. It's going to be like a, a sort of uh, a fulfilling existence, uh, spiritually, intellectually, in all in all the other ways. Um, people will have things to do. Uh, like people will be educated to a point where there isn't crime, uh, because most crime is born out of either poverty or lack of education. Mm-hmm. And if you eradicate, you know, money as such, yeah. you're not going to have poverty. Um, yep. But that's, I don't know. Um, it's it's a it's a bit of a head fuck. Yeah,
1: it? yeah, it, it, it definitely is. I mean, I mean, then then if we're, if we're saying that if we create these uh, you know this AI that's learning for itself, do we uh, do we create AI up to a point where it can only you know learn? or it can't learn you know it you know we've got these robots that can walk they can lift they can you know they're, they're perfectly functioning human beings but they only got the mental capacity of you know um Wayne Rooney yeah um <laughs> you know they they've only got enough mental capacity to understand uh to you know instructions and what to do yeah you know do do we create them up to that point but then at what point are we then limiting ourselves in our own you know, uh, scientific exploration.
0: Yeah, I think we kind of have already done those. Um, well, I mean, we have, but I think we have done them to perhaps the maximum capabilities that we have. Like, I think the next thing mm. does seem to be um, artificial intelligence and yeah. the creation of it. And, I mean, everything is is pretty much um, monetarily driven and stuff. Mm. So, like, that is going to play a part of it, but um, I don't know. Uh, artificial intelligence and how clever it could get is. Uh, see, I honestly don't know if I've seen too many science fiction movies, and that's why I think it could be a danger. Like, I don't know. I
1: I, I, th- I think that the big th- the big thing to remember is that if we do create this art- artificial intelligence that is you know that essentially just takes over, um, as it were, they're going to evaluate humans. Look at us and go, well, there's been nothing, you know... Because they, they, they'll be programmed in the human mind of thinking that Earth is where we live and Earth is what we need. Yeah. And we need Earth to live. But, of course, they're robots. They don't need to breathe. They don't need to eat. They don't need to... You know, they don't need Earth, per se. And whereas they'll be taught to kind of think, okay, we need Earth to survive. We need Earth to live. And they're going to look at humans and go, what is destroying Earth most? Humans. And we're fucked from there, really. Yeah. <laughs> And it's you know I've as in the time that it's taken me to explain that concept, there's going to be robots putting their plan, their newly formed plan of getting rid of humans into action. Yeah, exactly. In that time space, so yeah, it's inevitable. You know, yeah.
0: Um, one thing I will say is that I'm sure that it would be possible to program something without the capacity for violence. Um, and also, here's here's a failsafe fucking thing that I'm going to mm. leak to you right now exclusively that people on Silicon Valley will be all over because this is genius. If you program every robot to, uh, to need to be charged every, like, 16 hours so they get eight hours mm. sleep the same way that humans do, but they have to plug themselves into a wall, they're not going to eliminate humans if we control the electricity because then they would subsequently be eliminating themselves.
1: That's very true. Yeah. Uh, but how long until they figure out how to control the electricity and then we're uh, fucked?
0: Uh, they can't. Um, that's another thing that I've uh, come up with is that they. they just I can't. was
1: thinking. I was thinking more of uh, the failsafe would be to uh, provide them with empathy. To program yeah. e- program them with empathy, like uh, Sunny and iRobot.
0: I wonder, can you do that though?
1: Oh, to be honest, if we've created them to a point where they uh, they can think for themselves, they, we surely we can implement empathy of a sort.
0: Yeah. I I think it's a lot easier to train someone to hate someone than it is to train someone to care about someone.
1: Yeah, that's probably true.
0: Um I, yeah. I don't know. Um will we yeah. talk about aliens.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh it's the other inevitability hot from the singularity.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> Stephen Hawking uh is known as one of the smartest guys in the world. Uh, and he says that if we ever do meet aliens, if aliens ever contact us, it's probably going to be bad. Um, and a lot of people disagree. There's really no way you can tell. But it is very, very possible that if aliens were to visit us, the reason would be that they have uh, ran out of resources on their own planet. And they've come here to uh, to harvest ours. And that would be... I uh, Like... I can't ever think about this without wondering what they look like, and we—they could be post-biological. I think, in all probability, if aliens were to come here, um, what we would be seeing is machines coming here. Because if you think about it, anyone coming into contact with us in space right now is going to meet Voyager or you know all of that. So I think if if anybody does ever reach us, it's going to be machines first. Um, I I think I remember watching through the wormhole once. And there was an episode, that's uh, Morgan Freeman's show, it's incredible. It's about, like, science and stuff, which is the simplest way I can describe it. But um, there was an episode where they explained that in Afghanistan, in the year 2000, whenever America invaded Afghanistan, um, there were military checkpoints set up by US soldiers on the roads in the desert. And when people would go to drive through, American soldiers would put their hand out in in the way that you would say, stop. You know, you put your hand up with your palm out, and in Afghanistan, that means everything is fine. Continue, <laughs> so they were doing that, and people were continuing true, and people died because of a simple miscommunication. yeah, so like imagine if aliens come here and like they stick their middle finger up at us, and in their culture, it means we love you, here's some gifts, and we just go, "Oh no, open fire, and then kill them all like you know well, that's obviously a uh, a metaphorical example <laughs> of of what it would be, but um the miscommunication thing is incredibly—it's—it's um, just valid because how do you communicate mm. with people that you know don't come from the same place as you?
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the th- one of the things that's always uh, always interested me is that uh, people—you know—you know when they find uh, these new tribes that have never been touched by humanity before, you know, somewhere deep in the Amazon rainforest they find this new tribe of 12 people that have interbred for the last thousand years and they've never seen humanity before. How do you converse with them?
0: I think the protocol is honestly to leave them because they, like, I don't think that they even know how to go about doing that and it's sort of seen as bad form as well like and if we
1: can't as... if we can't even uh, communicate with other humans that have been on this planet for god knows how long how are we going to commu- communicate with extraterrestrial life forms yeah uh, you know in, to any degree uh, you know uh, like it's like yeah.
0: it's like like bears. You know, you see yeah. a bear, you pretty much accept that that's the bear's territory yeah. because he'll fuck you up if you disagree.
1: Yeah, you can't yeah. like you in talk trying to communicate with an alien would be like, say an alien crash lands in on Earth. You know, you go up and you're stupid enough to instead of going, I should probably get someone more qualified for this. Um, you go up and go to talk to it. It's like finding an injured bear in the woods and going. Oh, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably gonna go and touch that. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go and poke it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Exactly. Like, that's the simplest analogy I can think of. But you know, just the lack of communication, the lack of understanding. Um, you don't know why they're there. Probably for bad reasons. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's not necessarily terrifying because. People, people. When people always think of aliens, they always think of you know these big, mutant, tentacle-looking motherfuckers. Or else humanoids who are yeah. scaly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the chances are that it's just a load of E.T.s floating about. You know, an E.T. isn't that threatening. Chances or are that
0: like I mean they they could be a bunch of fucking plants or like yeah. rocks or yeah
1: they could be sentient trees. Yeah, they you know, yeah that's I, it thing like they it could very be something well could. we've we've never seen before and have no concept of because yeah. it's an alien life form that is almost the definition of alien yeah they could like,
0: comprise light and water yeah. you know what i mean like uh, yeah they
1: could be a mass of gas and energy yeah Like <laughs> with sentient yeah. thought it doesn't mean we can communicate with them and understand them
0: yeah in all probability if Aliens arrived and were friendly, and we somehow broke down the the language barrier and learned to communicate with them. What would happen is that we would uh, visit their planet, we would see what they have, and we would take stuff from them, um, and convince them that it's best for them. And then, and then we'd have the Avatar scenario, pretty much. Um, or else, what would happen is that they would come here and they would be the oppressors. But either way, mm. I don't believe that humans can share the planet with aliens um and i think it's for the same reasons that we won't be able to share it with uh with artificial intelligence
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean we're saying we're saying all of this like you know there's there's never been uh oh you know, theoretically, and I think we both know that we have been visited by aliens before, long ago, Um they, we, have to
0: be, we have to be careful about what we say here.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the the most likely scenario is that they came from within the solar system, so Neptune's probably the most uh, likely, or one of Jupiter's moons, uh, or no, sorry, yeah, or possibly I... Mars, yeah. I was seeing as they found water there, yeah. and they've uh, they have inhabited the, you know, we, so they didn't have to co-inhabit the Earth with humans. They've kind of inherited the one area that humans still to this day haven't really explored massively well.
0: And that's the abyss. Um, yeah,
1: the abyss that is the ocean. Yeah,
0: the depths, the, mm. the bottom of Mariana's Trench. You know, yeah. the areas that we can't actually um, go down to even visit because mm. you know they're. Uh, not hospitable environments and mm. like when when these things that's the first time I've ever said that with the T H zone by the way. Um when they set up their, you know, uh environment and their facilities and that underwater, mm. they slowly started to creep into our society and mm. infiltrate yeah. members of I mean yeah. it's
1: I think they've they've infiltrated a lot, and I know we speak a lot about movies, but they've definitely infiltrated the um, movies of as a, as a, you know pop culture. They've kind of infiltrated that. I mean, it's no it's no surprise that um, James Cameron is one of the few people that's actually been down near the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Yeah. And it's and I mean, is that do you think it's a coincidence that he's also made the film Avatar? I don't think so.
0: I think anyone who thinks that's a coincidence is an idiot.
1: Yeah. Um, Mm.
0: Another thing about them that's quite interesting is that they haven't actually launched their attack yet, but they are taking things from us, Mm. under the guise of being friends, and they're taking their own benefits from that friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, They're friends with benefits, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: man! Oh dear!
0: This needs to be a thing, like you know the way everyone's relate. Everyone is six degrees away from Kevin Bacon or whatever. Yeah. Like every conversation is.
1: It's six degrees away from friends with benefits. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god!
1: The we'll uh, sea people. The we'll sea people. If that if you hadn't managed to uh, understand where we were going with that one. <laughs>
0: I hope no one has started watching this at the start of this episode and gotten here and been like, whoa, 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 who
1: in who, what? Who, what? (laughs) I'm glad you managed to pick up on where I was going with that one.
0: Oh, Jesus. I I mean, this is just, this is just a thing that happens, you know. Um, But the thing is, like, in all seriousness, um, somebody has to create awareness over things like this. Mm. And, um... I don't know, it's uh. Like, does anyone else not think that it's quite strange that all these UFO sightings came about in the late 40s and early 50s after World War II when submarines were sank, planes were shot into the sky, and um, torpedoes were launched? You know, you, you find shells like atomic bombs launched in the middle of the ocean. Like, that is gonna make people who live down there say, the fuck is all this noise? And then go up and visit their neighbor, and that's where the UFO sightings come from. Is it's the sea people coming up to to spectate, just see what's going on, and then just go back to their life and continue their plot because they are very efficient, and they're very clever, and they're very deceptive, and they know how to do what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we can really stress enough. Um, you know the the dangers and the the threat that these. These these people, um, I use that term very loosely. Yeah. Uh, these these people th- uh, pose to the real humanity.
0: There's a reason we broadcast this podcast from an unknown mm. location because people would have our heads if they heard us talking about this kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, um, and I say people very loosely. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I, I think we've probably created enough awareness once again under the guise of a yep. podcast. We've managed yep. to uh, to spread the message. Yeah, I think so. So um, beware of the sea people.
1: Yeah, beware of them. <laughs> They're down there.
0: <laughs> They'll get you.
1: on the introductions are just getting better really
0: yeah yeah i've enjoyed this one all right same time next week
1: <laughs> good talk
0: <laughs> what's going on guys my name is eldon and welcome to no that's not how it goes
1: to go <laughs> <that's>... monos jack <laughs>
0: <laughs> right what's going on <laughs> and
1: welcome bro. to the least threatening end of the world ever yeah
0: <laughs> And welcome to everyone having a great time. <laughs> welcome to Utopia. Oh, dear. Uh, right.
1: <laughs> oh dear. That was great. Uh sweet. Shall I stop recording?